Welcome to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church. Would you give me 15 minutes? 20? 25. No, I'm going to go really quick here. It says in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, no revelation of God and his word, the people are unrestrained. But happy and blessed is he who keeps the law of God. That's the amplified version. In the King James, it says, where there is no vision, people perish. In the Passion Translation, it says, where there's no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. So vision is so important. Vision is so vital to to your life and to your direction of where your life is going. Your life is heading in a direction based on your vision. What you see and what you perceive has to do with your vision. So as we get into that, I want you you to know that, you know, vision is how God uses uh, that force of vision to bring change into our life. And there's only two reasons people change. Because you want to or because you have to. There's only two reasons you change. Most of, us, most of us know we need change, but we don't want to. And so the want to is a difficult thing, and so many times we're put in a place where we have to change. We're put in a situation with circumstances where we know if we keep going a certain way that at the end of that is surely going to be destructive or hurtful or, or even death. So we're forced to, you know, it's like you can look at it in a physical sense. You know, you, uh, you can do certain things and then physically your body says, says hey, wait a minute. And, uh, and then you go see the doctor and the doctor says, you got you to gotta change. You got to stop this and start this and you got to do this. I just went through all of this with a, with a, recently with doctors and, and stuff. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's, it, I don't, I don't want to eat right. Can I just make a confession? I don't want to eat right. I don't. I don't want to eat right, but I have to. I have been in a position where I have to. That is, if I, I, want, I don't want the repercussions of, of, of what I have been doing to continue. So then you're looking at that, and, and, and when it comes to spiritually, how many of us, many of us, you know, we know we need God. We know we need God in our lives, but, but we know what that entails, and we just don't want to go down that road. But many times what happens is the road we do chose to go down, and that leads us to many hurtful things, many roads that lead to, to destruction, and then we're put in a place where there's a dead end, and, and we're forced to open our hearts up because most of us are brought to Jesus in a place where we have to make a change. We know we have to surrender. We have to give up. We can't keep fighting. Is, are, is, this, is this true or not? And so, you know, many times in, in that, God, God begins to speak to us through circumstances and situations. And so I, I just bear with me here. Events don't change people. I want you to think about this with me now. Events, even like this service this morning, is, is something that God uses to get people's attention. Cody, God's got your attention. And not, but here's the thing, events don't change people. Listen to this. What changes people is process. 
The Apostle Paul had a great event on the road to Damascus. And many people think Paul went from that to started preaching the next day, but he didn't. Paul went into a process. He went into the desert and went into Arabia, for thir- first of all, for three years. And the process of, of, of the Holy Spirit changing and transforming him because he had lived his whole life as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a hater, as a, as a murderer, as, a, as someone who was religious but deadly. And so God put him in that wilderness and had to pour the word of God into him and bring out of him all of those other old things that, that caused him to be driven by such hate and, and, such, and such ugliness. Are you with me this morning? I love when God encountered Paul on the road to Damascus. I think it was a, a life-changing event. But it was just to get his attention. And the question that Paul asked on that road is, Lord, what would you have me to do? And he said, I want you to get, God gave him instructions to go. And he gave him instructions through the prophet then to, to go and submit to the process. Many of us are willing to get in a prayer line, but we're not willing to submit to a process. In fact, it's easy to think you know, that I'm just going to get this all together in a prayer line and it's all done. I'm here to tell you something. Listen to me. From someone who's been here, walked this, that while the process can be painful, it's necessary. Because it's in the process that you come to know the real heart of God, know the purpose of God, and you begin to see God, which when you begin to see God, you begin to see your future because you can't see your future until you see God. Once you see God, you see your future. And when you begin to see your future, you stop letting the foolishness of this world divert and distract and destroy you. So here's what it says. Oh, this is out of Habakkuk. This is the, you're going to find Habakkuk in the white pages of your Bible. Nobody reads these books. You can't even pronounce this name hardly. People call him Hubbabuck. People say Habak. The correct pronunciation is Habakkuk. How do you know that? Because I'm holding the microphone. Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 1, the prophet cries out. He says, oh, Lord, how long shall I cry? And you will not hear. So he was involved in a protracted prayer meeting. He was crying out to God, but he felt like his, his prayers were falling on deaf ears. God, you're not hearing me. I even cry out to you, violence, and you will not save. You see, in historically, Habakkuk was in the time of the Babylonian uprising. And the Babylonians were a fierce nation, violent nation. They were, they were a, a, a mean group of people. And they were coming against Israel. And this was in the days of Manasseh, King Manasseh, who was one of the uh, most evil kings in Israel's history. And, and you see, and God told him, he said, when you, when you as a people turn from me, your enemies are going to come against you. And so Babylon was coming against him. He was crying out, and, and he says, God, you're not hearing. And I cry out, violence, and you will not save. 
Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? You note those words. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? See, before you ever will see God, you've got to see where you're really at. That's a work of the Holy Spirit in itself to show you where you're really at. That the Holy Spirit doesn't want you to have delusional aspects of where you're at. Because many people think I'm okay when they're not okay. They think they're safe when they're not safe. They think they can keep doing what they're doing, but they can't keep going down that road because their enemy is setting them up as a trap. And so God begins to show you your enemy. He shows you your iniquity. He shows where you're missing it because that's what iniquity is. Iniquity is when you're just missing the mark. And so when God begins to show the iniquity and causes you to see the trouble and the source of it, your eyes begin to have to look up somewhere because if I really see the condition and I see the trouble and I see my iniquity, what else do I need to see? You see, this is when God speaks to Habakkuk and God answers him and tells him about this trouble. He says, listen, I know you're having a hard time with this, but I'm going to use this heathen people to get my will done in my people. That's what God promises. Say amen, somebody. I know this isn't, you know, let's go back to shouting. It was a whole lot more fun. Process is not a one-time thing, but an ongoing series. Now listen, it takes vision to commit to a process. Habakkuk complained in verses 1 where we read, but now God answers This is in verse 5. He says, look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded. For I will work a work in your days. God wasn't denying the existence of the Babylonians. He was telling them, listen, out of this day I'm going to rise up and do a work. I want to tell you something about America and where we're at right now. This nation is in deep need of a God-sent revival and the church to wake up and come back to God. And people are wringing their hands and wondering what is going on in our nation. But I'm here to tell you God is going to use all the mockers, all the God-haters. God is going to use all those who have set themselves against the church and against believers and called believers mentally unstable because God talks to them. He's He's going to call all these people out for what they really are. And God is going to do a work in our day like we have never seen before. Get ready. Any church, God is showing up like he has never showed up before to do what he never did before because our nation is going to see a visitation of revival before Jesus comes. Behold, I, I'm doing this work and you're going to be utterly, utterly astounded. <laughs> For I will work a work in your days which you would not believe, though it were told you. For indeed, I am raising up the Chaldeans. See, God raised them up. I know it's hard to buy into that. Why would God raise up Chaldeans? Because it was his people on his heart. Are you with me? See, why would God allow trouble in your life? 
Because your trouble is meant to point you back to God. For God to do a work in your days. Let me go on here. I asked this question to you this morning. Are you fighting the wrong battle? You see, Israel thought that their enemy, they thought the battle was the Chaldeans or the Babylonians. But really their issue was with God. And in verse chapter 2, verse 1, it says, I will stand by my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see. Now listen to this. This wording is important. I will set myself on the rampart. I will stand on my watch. He's putting himself in position. Everybody say position. God is putting the church in position. Because from that place of your watch where God has set an appointed place for you, he has a place for you. And you need to find that place that's near him and in him. And he says, when you get in your place and you set yourself on a rampart, a rampart was like a tower. Think about it, an elevated place where you could see the enemy. And what you saw in this tower is that you climb in this tower and you saw your enemy all around you. But I listen to this. I know that I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Come on, church. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I will set myself on the rampart in the tower and I will look and see where God is circling and where God is moving and where God is at work because that's where I'm going to join myself. I'm going to get in what God is doing. I'm done asking God to bless what I'm doing. I'm asking God, help me get my hand in what you're doing. And if I will just get myself yoked up with what he's doing, I can't help but be blessed. So he says this, what I will answer when I'm corrected. Get ready. Because when you get yourself positioned, then God's going to set some things straight, put things in order. He's going to correct you. He's going to set things in order. Some of you, the trouble you're in is because you, you are there because of what you have done, what you've decided, the decisions you've made, the things that you've surrounded yourself with. But when you make the decision to get into the watch Set myself in the tower, and I'm going to hear. Now, notice what he says. He says, I'm going to see. That's vision. I'm going to see vision, what he will say, speak to me. God speaks, I get vision. God speaks, I get a clear vision. What is God saying? We know what the world is saying. Gwen, when she talked about that, you know, the world's got all kinds of things to say to you, and it's all negative. It's pretty much all negative. Everybody, think about it. Think about the message. Think about everything that's going on around us. It's all negative. America's going down. You're going down. The, everything's going down. Everything's going down. The church is going down. My marriage is going down. Everything. The world's got its saying, you know, uh, that, that, that the world is saying this is what's going on. And then let me tell you that your inner world has saying, is talking to you too. And for many of you, your inner world is jacked up. It's just as jacked up as the outer world.
Because you're seeing the wrong thing. You're seeing your enemy. You're seeing the battle. You're seeing the Chaldeans. You're seeing the Babylonian. You haven't got your eyes on him. You haven't stood and, and, and been able to see what he will say to me. So your inner world is saying, I don't think you're going to make it. I don't think you got what it takes. I don't think you're going to survive. I don't think it's going to come. I don't think it's going to happen for you. We know that's what the inner world is saying. But what is God saying? I will do a work that's going to utterly astound you. See, that's God's prophetic voice into your future. Look at your neighbor and say, God has a voice into your future. God's prophetic vision creates your future. Chapter 2, verse 1 says, write the vision and make it plain on the tables. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets. In one translation, it says on the clay. He wanted it written and he wanted it to be on something permanent. That's important, and I'll, I'll say why in a minute. That he may run who reads it. You see, the only way you can run with this is if you get it out there, you understand it, and you write it. And he said, then I want you to run with it for the vision is for an appointed time. It has, a, it has this destiny in it of it and of itself. So you speak your prophetic future according to the will of God. And as you speak it and step into it, God creates it with every step that you take. Because I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans to bless you and to prosper you. But it doesn't just happen overnight. It happens in the process of you taking the step and the next step and the next step. Many of you, you're only one step away from this process that's going to change your life and put you on the process that God takes you from where you are to your future and where he has created you to be. But the problem is you have got to let it speak. Everybody say speak. When your vision comes, it will speak. It will speak and it will not lie to you. The world will lie to you and tell you you ain't going to make it. Your inner self can lie to you and tell you you ain't going to make it. But God will not lie to you. He's telling you you're going to make it. Though it tarries. See, that's the process. Don't you just love the process? I don't. But I've learned that the process is necessary to get to the promise. A little bit more. Write the vision. Make it permanent. A man without a vision is a man without a future. And a man without a future will always return to his past. A man without a future will always return to his past. So you have to resist the three subtle attacks against a vision. Diversion, that means you were on the path but something caused you to go off. It diverted your attention. It's distraction. It's directing your attention to something else. You have to watch distraction because as you look to Jesus who is the author and finisher of your faith, the enemy will try to get your eyes on something else. Some of you, you're just distracted. And can I tell you something? I'm not saying it's always a bad that comes. Like, like, you know, like it's something like evil. You know, you get distracted with success. Some of you are being drawn away because you're succeeding in your field, but God didn't call you. 
God did not call you to make money. He called you to be a kingdom man or a kingdom woman. And so if you're not careful, distraction will happen. And then there's dilution where you will dilute, water down, thin the original vision. Because it's really easy to give up where you, God's called you. Many of you are sitting here on a dream that God gave you years ago. And you gave up on it. Because the devil's been relentlessly coming at you in the process. See, can I tell you, I'll be, have I told you I'm having a birthday soon? Have you got an invite to my surprise party yet? I've been around, I'm going to be 62 years old. I've been in ministry a lot of years. I I got so diverted, distracted, and deluded in my vision years ago that I took a prodigal journey. I stepped out of ministry. I walked away. I opened my life to all kinds of stuff. And I didn't just, it just wasn't an overnight thing. It was a three and a half year journey where I gave up preaching. I gave up ministry. I walked away. I was so discouraged. I so lost heart. I was, I was so struggling with my, my own self and, and all the, that I, the sense of failings and, and the sense of mess that had overwhelmed my life. And I took this, I took this journey where I just gave up and, and lost vision and lost heart and lost my purpose and lost my way and I, listen to this. I, I'm not proud of this. I'm just telling you what it is. And I was in a bar. I was in a bar. An ex-preacher, an ex-pastor, an ex-leader. Trying to numb my senses. Because I knew the call of God on my life. And it was a particular season where things, were, things didn't get better when I walked away. Things went from bad to worse. It looked like my marriage was over. It looked like everything was over. I contemplated that the easy way out was for me to die and planned on how I could have a car accident that would look like an accident. Those were the thoughts that were in my head. I'm just being honest with you. And I'd lost heart. I'd lost everything. It felt like I was so far away. And it was in that bar where the Holy Spirit came to me And he whispered softly in my ear and he said, Mike, what are you doing? And I heard the voice of God in my heart. I don't know if it was audible. It seemed like I just looked around like, is everybody looking at me? Because it sure seemed like that was, everybody could have heard that. And I remember saying under my breath, I said, Lord, would you please leave me alone? And I heard the Holy Spirit say, Mike, do you really want me to leave you alone? And immediately I heard in my heart that if I say yes, he would depart from me. And I said, no, Lord, if you depart from me, I don't have a chance. Please, Lord, sitting right here, would you please help me? And that that was the day... I walked out of that place, and I looked to God, and I said, God, my marriage is a mess. My life is a mess. Everything's a mess. 
I don't look forever to get back to anything ministry-wise, but God, if you would just see your way to help me out of this mess, I will serve you and be a good member of some church somewhere. I walked out of there, and I went Sunday to church. And I got there late because I didn't want to have to talk to anybody. And I sat in the back because I didn't want to have to see anybody. And my plan was to hit the door as soon as they said amen. I got there late. My plan was to dash. I know what all you people in the back are thinking. I walked into that place so lost, so disconnected, so hurting, so broken, feeling so hopeless, like, God, I don't even know why I'm here. I walked into that, took my place as they were in the worship, and the presence of God just settled down on me. And I began to sob and I began to weep and I began to be broken under the sweet, gentle, loving hand of a Savior who said, Mike, welcome home. Welcome home. He didn't condemn me. He didn't judge me. He didn't throw me out. Like the father and the prodigal, he threw his arms around me. I could sense the heart of a father weeping over me, crying over me, rejoicing with me. And I said, God, I don't have much to give you because everything's wrecked. Everything's gone. I'd lost everything. I'd lost my business. I'd lost my home. I lost my marriage. I lost everything. And I said, here, God, I don't have anything to offer you, but God, if you'll just help me. I'll serve you. That began a process. Listen to me. That began a process that took almost three years to work into. Three years of God just processing me, going back and dealing with my orphan spirit, dealing with me on the way I had mistreated and misused and and abused my wife and how I had abused my, 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 my uh, possessions and selfishly went after so many things. And God just broke me and broke me and broke me and broke me. But see, the Bible says that I, the Lord, I dwell with him who is of a broken spirit and a contrite heart. And God healed me and restored me in that process. And then, lo and behold, it was like, God, I'm just happy to be a part. I was just being a part of a church, just, just serving, just doing, what, because I was content with that. I was content because I felt like I was disqualified. Listen to me. I felt like I was disqualified. And the Holy Spirit, when he healed my life, he restored my soul, and he gave me back my ministry. And he said, go, son, and don't look back. I know there's some of you sitting here today, you're thinking, I'm not worthy, I can't do this, I can't, my life's a mess. And I'm telling you, when you turn to God, 
He's going to show you all the things, the diversions, the distractions, all of the, all of the dilution, the way it's been watered down. And he's going to give you one opportunity to say, hey, forget all that. Will you see what I have for you? Because God's got something to offer you. I'm going to give you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And some of you have been walking under a cloud of depression and darkness that you thought this is normal. And your doctor says, here, I can give you something for that. But I got news for you, Jesus, he has something for that too. He has something that will lift you out of the despair, lift you out of the darkness, give you a hope and a future because I don't want to ever go back there and I'm telling you I'm going after God with all of my heart. I make no apologies for it. I don't apologize for this service today. I know if you came in here and you thought I've not seen anything like this, but I'm telling you, you are in a place where God is calling people back. He's calling people out of the grave. He's calling ministries back to life. The axe heads that have been buried in the river are now swimming and God is saying come back to me and when you raise up and you say Lord I will stand to my watch and I will see what you will say to me when you stand up God has a plan and a future even that you can't wrap your own head around glory to God that God is calling you up God's calling you out God is saying let me show you something so that's that's it. That's what I wanted to share with you this morning. Thank you for listening to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church.